Blog Talk Radio.
you for joining me here on Code Connection. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. That song that you were just listening to, those that have listened in before might think, hey, that's not what we normally hear at the beginning of the show. And, you know, you're absolutely right, because that song is called Manziel Tuhi, and that is by today's guest, Shashika Maru. And I'm so happy to bring her on. And those that have listened in before, you're probably thinking, hmm, am I in the right place? Am I on the right day? You are. <laughs> you are. We've had some changes going on. And those that have been following my work also realize that I'm bringing in a new focus into my work. And it's doing some shifting, some changing, and it's a beautiful time of year to bring this change in. I was going to kind of put off the title changes on the show for a little while until I, you know, had some more things in place. But I said, what perfect time to do this, but on today, which is a beautiful Peace Portal opening. It is uh, running a triple eight vibration. It's a triple eight portal gateway for peace and redemption on this earth. So um, I couldn't think of a better time and a beautiful guest to do it with, which is Shishika. And so I kind of wanted to fill you in a little bit on that, (laughs) of what's going on here. Normally, we are still going to be broadcasting on Fridays and not Saturdays. This was kind of an exception. We needed to do a little adjustment today. And uh, normally, we're broadcasting around 4.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time for those that are in the States. But we can, you know, of course, if you can't make it at that time, you just listen to the show in the archives as well. So that's a little kind of filling in. The show used to be called Activating Compassion. It's now Code Connection because those that know the shifts that are happening in my work realize that I'm going to working with code interpretation now and interpreting the truth and bringing on still guests that will, um, what do I want to say? They're connected. <laughs> They're connected. They're operating with their codes in a lot of ways. So you're going to see some shifts and some changes and maybe the types of guests that we have. Um, You're going to find, I think, this new direction really, really interesting. And, of course, today, actually three days ago on the 5th, uh, we kicked off the first of three harvest festivals um, in the seasonal cycles of the year. So we are just starting into the time of the harvest season. And that is a big portion, that in combination with this 8-8 portal, um, I, I just couldn't see a better time than to, to kick off Code Connection <laughs> on the air here. So I want to extend a welcome, whether you're returning or whether you're joining us for the very first time. We do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Ken, known as Care Encounters Network. And I'm sure those in the Care Encounters Network are really going to find the direction we're headed very interesting because we're going to delve into a lot of truth things on this um, show, and we're going to delve into a lot more of what the truth of the actual codes are. So I'm going to be looking in this show, not necessarily today's show, but <laughs> this show, Code Connection, this series that I'm doing, at living a more compassionate life, but living it aligned with your personal codes. And again, I'm still going to have a lot of guests coming on the show so that you can learn about how their work and other things can be used to strengthen your code energy or maybe find that thing that works with your code energy. And also I'm going to be highlighting still different musical guests along the way, hopefully at the the seasons. Of course, we have Shashika Maruth on today calling in from India. And then also I've got CJ Momzek coming on 
um, who's a very cool little artist, and, and you're going to love the music he does because it's totally unique, totally different set of instruments than what you're used to hearing. Um, and he's going to be coming on at the Autumn Equinox, so listen up for that as well. We're going to cover a variety of different topics here through Post Connection, um, including tools and resources and thoughts that we'll share that will allow for personal exploration, universal insights, and expanding your perception on how life works. So what I do, for those that aren't familiar with me personally, in my own work, I focus on helping people find and use compassion in their everyday lives, and I help them understand how their coding works, what their coding is and how their coding works. Um, and that's very specific to each person. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement. If you've missed that, you can catch it in shows where other people have interviewed me. I've authored four books. There's a You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, and also Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And I want to mention, too, that my Activating Compassion book, the set of books, is available absolutely free today, and that is through Smashboard. So if you go into... Um, my blog page, go into um, getyourblisson.tumblr.com, that's G-E-T-B-I, I'm sorry, B-L-I-S-S-Y-O-U-R-O-N dot T-U-M-B-L-R.com, and you'll find the, the uh, promotional, <laughs> I'll get it right, the promotional coupon uh, numbers to use. Um, to receive that, and that's the ebooks are absolutely free. Like I said, today, and share that with people because I would love to have as many people join in on getting into being compassionate as possible during this peace portal opening. So it's a special that I'm running one day only. In addition, I've also created um, the Compassion Tour, which is soon going to be changing to um, the True North Tour. So you're going to be looking forward to that. I have some events coming up, by the way, on the East Coast uh, this fall in October. Look for me to be around the Washington, D.C., Fairfax area. Look for me to be near Boston area. And look for me to be around Pottstown, Pennsylvania. So um, three key areas that are happening around the middle of October. Watch for those. You can follow everything I've got going on, by the way, on my website, Jesse Ann Nichols George. The number one.com. And just a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, definitely share it. And I think this is going to be a show you want to share, definitely, because this artist and this music is not just bringing us music, but is bringing us consciousness through music. And that's a really powerful thing. And that can really influence us in so many ways for a variety of things, from healing to awakening to consciousness, to a whole array of different things. And they can use the same link you use to get into the live show to listen to it at their convenience in the archive. In addition to that, we have podcasts available of this show at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and, of course, on my YouTube channel. And it takes me one to two weeks. Sometimes I can get it up in a couple of days um, on my YouTube channel, but I say give me up to two weeks to, to get it there. So before we get started, those that have listened in before um, to my show, what you remember is that we do work with the name, um, the book 72 Names of God by Yehuda Burke, who's a Kabbalah master. And I like to just pull one of his names every week to give us a little insight to reflect on. And this does get posted on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website. And 
that way you can go back and kind of reflect on it throughout the week and just have that message to go to. And I like to do that. I kind of like to take a concept, work with it for a week, and then see where that takes me and leads me and then go from there. So the message that we have or the name of thought that we have today from Yehuda, the common name is miracle making. Okay? And the initial message he shares on this is, there are times when nothing less than a miracle can transform a bleak and hopeless-looking situation. But God does not perform miracles. We do. The technology for engineering miracles is found within this divine name. Go ahead, make a miracle. And the insight that you would get on this is, the 72 names of God were used in ancient times to bring about astonishing miracles. Moses used the names to part the Dead Sea. Joshua employed them to stop the sun. And David called upon them to defeat Goliath. Sadly, however, the tower of the 72 names was locked for millennia. And perhaps the greatest miracle of our own time is the sudden availability of this ancient tower. This sequence of letters pertains to the art of miracle making. But a certain level of understanding is required before the immense power of this name can be unleashed. We must realize, for example, that mere information is not power. A child can be given a blueprint for building a 747 airliner, but that data would be useless. Knowledge, on the other hand, really is power. And wisdom is power. These inner qualities can be applied and translated into practical, positive change, even miracles. And any miracle in the material world must be preceded by miraculous change in our own character. Physical reality and human nature are intimately connected. And when we create an extraordinary transformation within, the power of this name allows the universe to externally express this inner change. And I think that's a big key right there. I want to mention that because so many times we look to the external to make the change or to help us make the shift, but what we need to do is make the shift first so that then the external can express that inner shift. It's not going to express it until we make the inner shift. The meditation he gets on this is free yourself from all selfishness, envy, anger, and self-pity. By rejecting these negative temptations, you are also free to involve, invoke this name and thereby ignite the power of miracles. So again, the common name that we're working with this week is Miracle Making. The formal name that he provides with this is Yotet. That's Samat Yotet. And again, you can check that out throughout the week on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, jessianmichelschurchthenumberone.com. And just a little insight here before we head off on break today. And I want to just give you a little lead up to what we're doing, what we're getting into, and what's going to be happening with our guests. What if you were a natural at something, say from a really young age, and what if you knew as a child just what you wanted to do in life? Having nurtured the talents you were born with, every now and then in life, we see those that seem to just naturally be talented. And it's as if they were born into their gifts. They start to work with something as a child, and they never give up on it. Mozart, Picasso, 
and many others that have been noted in this field have often had this. Now, I do know from my work that usually at a very early age we're aware of what we like and what we do and what we want to do in life, but there are even cultures that decide in the young years where someone's natural gifts are and place them on that path to do that work. Now, being able to honor such talents can be truly incredible. It seems to me that when one is given the opportunities to foster these gifts, they are able to really come forth into the world with their gifts. And when they themselves choose it and live to make their dreams come true of sharing them with the world, the doors naturally open for them. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't any effort. However, it is like they magnetize in naturally what will place them in the position to do things on a big scale. Shashika Marib is one person that got the opportunities to develop her voice and pursue the dream of sharing that gift with the world. And she was performing and bringing it into the world at the mere age of seven years old. Although from South Africa, she found her connection with Indian music, and it wasn't long before she was gracing the stage with many well-noted singers of that culture. While it's exciting to always see, you know, when I see anyway, someone who's able to bring forth a gift, as she's been able to do, it also reminds me of the many who have such skills and talents that were not given the opportunities to build and develop their talents on a larger scale. And it brings forth the concept of what that does to someone to be unable to pursue such a dream. Of course, there are many aspects to this, and when one is that connected to their dream, they stop at nothing to get there. There are those that are not comfortable with the magnitude of their talent and choose not to share it with others. Then there are those that have the dream dormant within them, but have felt their responsibilities, have needed to take precedence over pursuing what might have been programmed in them as a foolish pursuit that is not genuinely achievable. To me, it's always interesting to know the stories behind those that pursued and succeeded and those that just got going. To understand why someone made their dreams come true while others chose to let them go, it's also interesting to see those that chose to simply keep their gifts and talents out of the public eye and either share them in a smaller circle. We kind of experienced that with Angelia Grace when she was on at May Day or to find other outlets for the energy. After all, any energy not allowed some form of expression can really wreak havoc in our lives. So, question comes, how have you let your talents come forth into the world? And were you able to pursue your dreams that you had as a child? And were you given the opportunity to bring your talent into the world? The curve for this week is related to gaining assistance from others, whether that is a partner, a boss, co-worker, friend, or family member. This code reminds us to ask for help when we need it and to engage others that are able to help us. The caution with this code is that we need to be careful how much we are disclosing all at once and up front. Make certain that those around you that can help you are trustworthy and operating in integrity. It is great to have people in high places willing to help you, but you must also ask yourself at what cost that comes. You may choose to use this time for spiritual pursuits and personal development on deep inner levels, 
What parts of your life are needing more peace? Focus on the deeper layers within that you need to work with, and then make peace your partner. Assistance from others is not always in human, angel, or guide form, but in the energy needed for balance and harmony. Let a peaceful nature guide you through anything you are dealing with at this time. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I'm going to have Shashika Maurice with us, and she's going to be sharing music and passion. And the song that I have for you during our break is called, and I hope I'm pronouncing these song titles right. I'm usually fairly good, but she can always correct me if she wants to. It's called Swagatam Krishna. And we're going to be back shortly right after this with our guest, Shashika.
welcome back. You are listening to Coast Connection, and my name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by today's guest, Shashika Marud. It is called Swapatam Krishna, and um, very excited to have her on. Those that are tuning in just now, you may be wondering, hey, what happened to activating compassion? <laughs> and, you know, I'm making some switches and some changes, and I'm um, bringing out some new dimensions of my work right now. And it's a very, very exciting, and I'm bringing that out here at the beginning of the harvest season with Shashika, and she's a perfect person to bring it out with. So the show name has changed to Code Connection. We will normally still be on Fridays. Today is an exception, so I'm very happy for those that were able to tune in with us today. And I do have with me Shashika Marut, who's a conscious indie artist from South Africa who made her prodigious debut at the tender age of seven. As a child artist, she performed in many concerts in South Africa. She was also the first and only South African to accompany on stage the late all-time great thespian of Indian music, Kishore Kumar, and who urged her father to send her to India for training as a playback singer. Shashika pursued part-time classes in speech and drama from London and South Africa. She moved to India and enrolled in the Hindustani Classical Arts Program at the Baharati Vidya Bhavan. Oh, <laughs> I actually made through that without stumbling too good. That's good. <laughs> in Mumbai, under the tutelage of Pandit Sudendra Balmik, and from whom she continues to learn today. She has performed at the United Nations, and she has lent her voice to devotional, pop, semi-classical, and technical and techno compositions. There you go. See, give me the American word. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Over the years of discovering herself in music, she realized that she has a purpose here, and that's to reach out to people through her music and to make a contribution to society. She really wants to bring a change in the consciousness of people through her music, and that is why her music label is called Urja Music. Music for the soul. Urja means ability, enjoyment, expansion, and inspiration, and through this label, Urgen Music, aims to not only create beautiful music, but also conduct various workshops incorporating music for the benefit of society. And you can learn more about her work at www.shashikamaruz.com. That's S-H-A-S-H-I-K-A-M-O-O-R-U-P-H. So, Shashika, it is wonderful to have you here today kicking off this new series of shows, shows for me, Code Connection, and I'm very, very grateful to have you on today. I feel so excited to be with you, Jesse. and if I heard right, you said that today the show is, it's only today on a Saturday? Or normally it's just Friday? Right. No, normally we broadcast on Fridays, but um, of course we made the exception because we were doing some shifts and with you being and calling in from India, um, I knew we needed to keep an early morning slot and that wasn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I was born on a Saturday. So, <laughs> oh, yes. oh, wow. so it, it is like for me, uh, when I heard you say that today the show is on a Saturday when it's normally a Friday, and it's a new beginning, I thought, well, wow, I was born on a Saturday, so there must be some connection that I come to you on a Saturday. <laughs> and, and, and what a great connection to make, because these are part of the things that happen that we naturally 
come together. And, um, you know, it's interesting. You, I, I, I'm looking at the code a little bit within both of our names, and, and we do have this code connection to each other. So this is really fun to bring this up. You know, I would love for you to start by sharing a little bit about yourself. How how did you come to pick Indian music? I mean, there's tons of Indian music out there. Why is this, and how could you possibly know so early, like, I have to go study this music? <laughs> okay. Um, I was born in South Africa during the apartheid regime, and um, we had no... Of course, I was born to an Indian family, very conservative Indian family. But uh, we had no connection with India, and uh, though our ancestors do come from North India, we still, up till this day, do not have any uh, information on them. But um, I was born a lover of music, and especially as a singer. My mom did say that, you know, I was singing from like such an early age. I think my first word must have been in a song or in a you know in a melody and uh, as far as i know i would listen to uh, music through the very strange all india radio reception we would get in our country because we did not even have an indian radio station in south africa and whatever i could listen to would uh, i would be so curious to learn them and sing them and um, in this way i st- i got my first public performance at the age of seven, and uh, coincidentally, it was um, it was at a very, uh, uh, you know, auspicious festival, the, the celebration of the birth of Lord Krishna, whom we worship uh, in our family, and uh, Lord Krishna having born, being born at midnight, I was chosen to sing uh, this song about him at midnight, and uh, at the age of seven, of course, I was very sleepy. <laughs> But I stood there, and when I sang, everybody was surprised that this little girl has such a booming, uh, fresh voice at midnight. And I, I just sang as if, as if somebody was singing through me. And um, my journey started then. I, I realized that uh, there is music in me, but it is different. I'm different from others, and I really have to to find myself in my music. At that young age, I realized that. Um, of course, being born in a, a, a family that uh, followed Hinduism, uh, when I started school, I actually went to a, an Islamic school. And attached to my school was a mosque. So um, I used to sit in the mosque and just feel very peaceful sitting there. In fact, my class teacher used to come uh, to the mosque and take me back to the classroom because I would run away from the classroom and love to just sit in the peaceful atmosphere of this mosque, not knowing anything about Islam and how to pray, but uh, I just loved being there. So I knew that uh, that there were so many connections happening within me, and throughout all those years in South Africa, I had the good fortune to sing all types of songs and be be just involved in music, but something deep down keep telling me that there is more, and you have to reach that more. So, um, should I continue? It's a long journey. <laughs> yeah, continue, continue a little bit more here. Yeah. So, um, 
like I, uh, you know, like you said in the beginning that there is a connection, and I find in my life that there are plenty of mystical connections which I definitely should write into a book for for people to read and be inspired. I continued uh, singing in lots of concerts in and around South Africa in my childhood while I was receiving my uh, school education. And uh, there was a a playback singer, Kishore Kumar, that you mentioned uh, in your biography of me. He came from India with his concert, and he, you know, he's a legend in in Indian music, in film, Bollywood music. Uh, He came to South Africa, and my father uh, took me to meet him backstage at his concert. And, you know, being such a great artist, it was not easy to get to meet him. But uh, there were these, I remember chains, you know, that people cannot go backstage, so there were these barriers. But I slipped under that and went backstage to meet him because this, uh, the determination was there to meet somebody who's coming from a country where you know the music that you are singing from is coming from there. And now there's a person that comes from there. You want to meet him and you want to know more about music. Uh, of course, I was, I was very shy and uh, he He sat me on his lap and he blessed me. And when he heard me sing, the first thing he told my father was that uh, she's born in the wrong country. She should have been born in India and she will come one day and she will uh, do great things in music. So obviously at that time we thought that I will come to India and I will, you know, uh, join the music industry here in terms of the film music industry and, and become a singer of, uh, of Bollywood music, which was what I thought all these years. And uh, he was very kind that the next day he put me on stage in his concert and introduced me to the audience and, and gave me a platform. And uh, I was only 12 years old at that time, but it stayed in my mind throughout my high school years also that he said I was born in the wrong country and that I should be in India and that I will come and I will do music. Uh, At the same time, uh, during my childhood years, I used to feel that I'm a young girl who likes to wear bells on her ankles and, you know, dance in a village. and, and, And I had all these experiences that sometimes I used to think that I wonder in which life all this happened or whether it's going to happen and and why do these feelings come within me. And uh, eventually, uh, having done a lot of concerts in South Africa and becoming known for my music and my singing, uh, when I completed high school in South Africa, I was going through the phase of, uh, you know, uh, uh, apartheid being abolished and Nelson Mandela was uh, getting his freedom. That's the time I left South Africa just before that, and I actually came to India because I thought that spending time at university and studying was definitely just doing it for the sake of doing it. I had really no interest in in an education uh, in science or anything like that. I needed to come to India to seek out that music that Kishore Kumar spoke about and which was stirring my soul like anything. So uh, when I came to India, obviously, uh, I came thinking that music means Bollywood film music. And uh, so I come to the city of Bombay and uh, I found, uh, when I when I registered at the Bharatiya Vidya Bhavan to learn classical music, 
oh, I was overwhelmed because I discovered that music, that Bollywood is just even maybe 1% of music, you know, that music is such a vast sphere and it's such a beautiful world and there is so much to learn. And it saddened me that uh, I came late in my life to India because everybody generally learns from childhood out here. And um, it also made me realize that um, one lifetime is not enough to learn so much of music and such variety. And I also realized that I will never go back to South Africa because this is where my music is and this is where I will find the real Shika. So, um, yeah. It's very interesting, and, and you bring up some things when you're talking about that and the, and the concept that, you know, sometimes even though we have these gifts and this drive and this yearning and this knowledge, this is where I belong, that sometimes the timing just isn't right. It's kind of like what I read at the beginning of the show. It, there may have been something there that you weren't quite ready for it as much as you were absorbed by it. Um, in there, I'm, I'm just thinking, and, and you know, there's there's different pieces there, but when you get there, you have this deeper appreciation, in a way. Exactly. Okay. Yes, it's like um, it's like a calling, and it's like um, it's um, it's like you know, like a stepping stone. Like you took the first step, and then when you take the step, you realize that okay, actually, I have to go there. And uh, so when you take the next step, and you find that okay, now this was not it, there's more to it, you know. So I felt that definitely uh, he was, he definitely has a plan for me in music and that is bringing me closer and closer to him and the beginning was South Africa and what I thought of that music was all about, when I came to India, he, he said, well, now that you have come here, now I have to show you the next you know, step that you have to take. This is not it. I thought coming to India was right now everything happens, you know, and a career and blooming career and music begins. But it was a beginning of yet another chapter, you know. So um, I did join the music school and um, it was a five and a half year course, which I completed four out of the five and a half because I realized that uh, in Indian music you cannot, you cannot really do a course. Music cannot be learned in a five and a half year course. Like I said, I realized it's a life, it's a lifetime. Uh, you know, uh, it's not even something that you can condense into a course and say now I've learned everything. It's an experience. <laughs> yeah, it's an experience. It's um, it's an exchange with uh, your teacher and yourself, and in that you find yourself, and then you kind of. Uh, you know, enjoy this experience of finding every time emotions that that keep churning inside you, and and the beauty of classical music is that it's based on the raga system, though there may be a combination of notes, but this is just the basic combination. Um, every time you get to sing uh, these combinations, newer and newer things happen, and, and therefore. Uh, even if you listen to anybody sing a particular combination or a raga, uh, each one will have their own unique presentation of it. And each artist will also tell you that every time they sing it, there is a different emotion or presentation coming out of them. So one artist will have different presentations. So many artists will have, you know, out of the same, same one raga. And that's the beauty of this music is that 
every time you are you are getting yourself more and more connected, more involved, and it's like you are rolling in this enjoyment of these notations, and uh, there is just no beginning, no end to it. It is it is eternal, you know. And um, I, I loved it so much. I felt that uh, that I liked this, and, and this is where what I was. Uh, uh, wanting to learn. I wanted to learn music and unfortunately in South Africa we did not have teachers at that time because of this political reason. We could not even get teachers from India to come to South Africa and teach us. So um, when I sat before my teacher, my, my classical uh, teacher Pandit Shudindra Bhomik, whom you mentioned in your, uh, when you mentioned my profile, this was the first time I was being uh, in this environment of where you have a guru and you have to sit before him in all humility and, and patience and just learn to absorb what he's teaching you. And uh, Indian classical music is not taught in the book system. You don't have a book of notes and, you know, you learn it off and go the next day and, and, and just repeat, you know, no. It is the, the guru would sing. And hearing is most important. Your, your sense of hearing, you know, has to be so powerful that you can hear. And then you produce the sound. And he will correct you and, and you know, make sure that he gets the proper tone out of you. It's like, an, uh, it's like maybe a sculptor, you know, he's given a rough piece of stone and then he has to shape it and he's chiseling at it to make something beautiful out of it. Uh, or for that, uh, you know, uh, or maybe a, a painter who's given an empty canvas and, you know, he has to bring colors to it or do whatever, you know, create a, a picture on it. So every day, you know, uh, you, know you, are, you are going to the teacher and sitting before him and the same exercise is going on over and over again. All he's teaching you is how to sing the tonic note, sa. You know, and you think, when will he teach me a raga? When will he teach me a song? But he's just teaching you one note, which is the you know the tonic note, and he wants you to to sound that perfectly because if that is not done, then he will not go ahead to any other notes. You know, and uh, any <laughs> yeah yes Jesse. This is some really important things, and you're bringing up some some big things in here. Whereas one, we oftentimes have a starting point that is not where we want to be. You know, we get put someplace, we get put in a situation, we have some challenges that is not where we believe we want to be. And we go forward oftentimes thinking that we do have a certain purpose or focus or direction, but as we move into that, we realize it's going a different direction, you know, that that divine energy, that thought energy has um, a different purpose for us. And the key is to stay focused with the purpose and not some of the other specifics, which you brought out beautifully. And you also mentioned um, things coming from different emotions, song coming from different emotions. And, and I think that that's it. It's not just a bunch of notes thrown together. It's the emotion behind it. And, and India does this, which I, I wish we had more of it in other countries, of working with a so-called guru. And, of course, there's a lot of layers out there because there's the ones that aren't genuine and they just want money, and then there's ones, <laughs> you know, that are genuine training like what you, you experienced. And 
you know, so many people say I've studied under this person or that person, but when you really work with a true so-called guru as it is in the Indian culture, there's a big variation there because it's really about, as you say, observation. And that observation is powerful, and a real guru shouldn't be allowing you to move on if you haven't gotten the lessons. You can't make a song unless you have the individual notes down. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and fact, all the life is like that. Yes, yes. In fact, I, I do regret why music, uh, somewhat in schools, uh, it's not being presented uh, much uh, as it was, you know, in those days because it's been taken out of the syllabus. It's not given its importance. Uh, I'm not talking about music in schools as, uh, you know, uh, making kids develop, uh, learn music towards a profession. No, I'm talking about music going in line with the studies. No matter what they, what path they want to choose in life, whichever uh, field they choose to, you know, uh, move into. But music is so important because when I sat before my teacher and he was teaching me this one note, and waiting for me to to hear it properly and then understand it and reproduce. It uh, firstly coming from a westernized country like South Africa into India, where you don't have your own home anymore. You sleep on the floor on a hard mat, and you know you're completely away from your family. And now you are put under a complete discipline. So what it does is it builds up definitely a cognitive skill and your personality, your character. You develop patience. You have to surrender to somebody now who's teaching you something that you know. Uh, by learning that, you're going to get to the next step in your on your path. And uh, so discipline, uh, patience, tolerance, humility, as well as this music that is vibrating within you is, is brain food. It is, um, I, you know, I was very good in math at school. And uh, right throughout high school, and even when I completed my uh, science degree, I, I graduated in math and chemistry. But um, I, I just thought if I had this training from childhood, you know, I would definitely have been even excelled in, in all subjects at school because it is brain food. It nourishes your brain and it builds you up character-wise. And um, even a student who would be learning the violin or, or any musical instrument, what is happening is that it's training your eye, your ear, your hand, and in this training, you know, you, you don't realize, but your, 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 your mind is absorbing the sound. At the same time, your hand is moving on those strings. And you are, it's, it's like all working at the same time and, and really up your cognitive, your physical development. So music is so much needed more today at, uh, at school level. And unfortunately, uh, we found out that this is not happening. It is being removed in all its... Uh, you know, it's it very regretful. But uh, like you said, that uh, having to sit before a teacher, my experience really changed me a- a- as uh, as a being. My friends in South Africa would come to India and say, how do you live here, you know? We come here, we love it, and then we want to go back home because we miss all the comfort. And when we are back home, then we miss India and we want to come back, and the next holiday we are back, you know? But uh, uh, many, many uh, youngsters did come even during my time and did not stay long enough because they could not handle the, the, the discomfort, the, the, the you know, austerity, I would say. 
and I pushed mm-hmm. it because I did not want to go back. I knew going back would mean that I will never find what I was searching for, and I was searching for myself, who I really am, and I knew I will find it in my music. So uh, that's, you know, that's, like kind that's of very sacrifice. Powerful. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's really powerful because, you know, so many times people do, they keep jumping back to the material comforts, which ends up not fulfilling them. And, um, you know, what a, what a beautiful example of that, and I agree. I think that part of why they keep taking music out of schools and out of these different areas is because music is, you know, it's programmed with so many things. And so much of music is heartfelt and it's emotion-felt. And those that like to control things don't always like to have people connected with their emotions. They want them more robotic. And when they connect with their emotions, they become independent. And if they're independent, they don't become controllable. (laughs) So, you know, there's a whole pattern there. I want to play um, a song that you you did called Shyam Lala. And maybe you can, if I pronounce anything wrong or if I do along the way, just correct me. Um, Just share with us a little bit about what this song's about. Okay, Sham Lala is um, is a traditional song which um, is uh, sung in uh, a little village called Brindavan uh, when Lord Krishna is born. The villages that surround him in his cradle and, and sing this out of joy that you know, and they tease him because uh, Lord Krishna uh, was dark in complexion, but he he wore a yellow. A turban. His mother would tie a yellow cloth on his head into, you know, a turban. So this song is like teasing him at birth that you know your turban is yellow, but why you are so dark? And it's a it's a joyful song celebrating his birth, his appearance into this uh, beautiful village of Vrindavan. And actually, Lord Krishna is worshipped as the supreme lord. So in the end, uh, the last verse means that you know. Uh, that we've come to you to serve you, so please, you know, accept us and um, in your service. Yeah, uh, I'd also later maybe like to explain the other two songs you have played because they also have very deep significance for me on my music journey. So uh, sure, yeah. You want to play Geo Shamlala first? Uh, yes, let's let's play that one first, and then we'll come back and we'll catch the explanation on the other two as well. It's yes. a Shamlala. Yeah. 
back. You're listening to Code Connection, and we have with us today Conscious Indie artist Shashika Marut. Um, that particular song was Sham Mala, and uh, she was sharing with us. If you've missed any part of the show, you will want to go back and catch it in the archives, by the way. And for those that are tuning in, uh, yes, this is normally activating compassion, but we've been making a little shift, or I've been making a lot of shifts. <laughs> And we have a new name on the show now, and we're taking a little different direction called Code Connection. Shashika, welcome back. And um, before we were listening to that comment, I thought it played in so great with some of the things that you shared with the fact that your first concert was um, on the birth of Krishna. And, um, you know, and here we are birthing a new (laughs) piece in the energy of the harvest season. And what's interesting to me when I look at codes and and um, what's within the codes of different things, each name of the divine has a different code to it. And the the, the coding on, on Krishna is all about movement, and your music brings in that movement. It's all about, you know, there, there can be some danger involved that, um, you know, fortune, success, things like that will come but uh, not without necessarily risk or danger involved. And, and I think any time we're pursuing passion, there's got to be a little risk involved. And it also involves us operating with caution and caution in the way of um, moderation, I would say. You know, as long as we're being moderate in what our needs are and keeping our, our focus on that spirit energy or that divine energy, um, you know, we're bound to prosper no matter what our conditions are in there. Uh, you were going to share, we had two songs uh, prior to that one, one that we opened the show with, uh, which was Manzio Tuhi, and then we also had our song that we did at the break, which was Swagatam Krishna. And you were going to share a little bit about those songs as well. Uh, yeah, I'll speak first about uh, Swagatam Krishna. Um, as my musical training uh, was evolving, I also did find that uh, why is it that I um, I wouldn't say that I don't get a joy, but that that I'm not always so happy just singing a song that another artist sings and and you know sing it as they would sing it, because uh, Bollywood music is very popular and people are always requesting, you know, songs that are on the hit parade or very popular in a movie. Uh, Can you sing that song for us? And, you know, and and so many uh, concerts take place of artists who are uh, uh, singing Bollywood songs. And people would ask me and I would feel that, but I'm not happy doing this. If I have to do it, I want to do it my way, you know. And uh, so as a result, I uh, I kind of stood out or stood back and, you know, never went forward into this kind of uh, just, you know, singing every song that came out my way because it was popular. I wanted to sing my own songs, songs that, you know, were written for me in which I would be able to express myself. And for a while that was not happening because... Only after, you know, only last year I realized that actually why it was not happening, because it was part of the the evolving uh, uh, music within me. But uh, Swagatam Krishna was actually uh, an album that came very spontaneously. 
I was given a task by my uh, by my uh, spiritual guru who is based in Germany. His Holiness Sachinandan Swami. He asked me to prepare uh, a book, you know, uh, on the computer for him. And uh, he had given me all the information. I had to 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 type it on the computer and then format it and print it out for his birthday celebration. And a week before, you know, after working on this book like three months, a week before I could leave India and go to Germany for the celebration, my hard disk, you know, the usual desktop of those days, everything disappeared, got wiped out, and I was so desperate, I thought, oh gosh, what do I now take to give to him? So I booked a studio and I hired uh, musicians. And I said to them that uh, I have nothing to take to offer to my spiritual master on his birthday. Now I want to make an album, you know, of uh, some a nice chanting and music to offer to him. So in the studio, they were baffled with me that how do you want to go about this? Because the, the trend became that you first prepare the music and then you put your voice into it. And I said, no, I, I want everything to happen live. While you are playing, I will sing. And the musicians were not very happy, but uh, they found me weird. They found my demands a bit too extreme and, and not in the norm of, you know, how music should be uh, produced. But I said, no, I want to do it this way. So I took the harmonium and I said to them, I will sing and you'll just play. Wherever you feel like playing a flute, you play your flute. And, you know, wherever I feel I should sing, I will sing. And so we recorded this entire album, Swagatam Krishna, the title track of which you played. But Jesse, throughout this entire recording, I cried so much. I, I really cried um, because I felt that the, the, the book that my Guruji had asked me to prepare, I was not able to prepare this, and I'm going without the book. I'm going with you know, a CD. Now I'm trying to replace the book with, uh, with my CD. And I began to feel that, you know, uh, that how much uh, uh, he wanted this book and I'm unable to serve him properly. So I really cried. Um, uh, it was very emotional for me when I was singing because I was really praying to Krishna for forgiveness and that I would become a better uh, disciple before my Guruji and be able to serve him better in the future. Now, we spoke earlier about emotions and this is the power of music. That, uh, you know, uh, emotions travel through, through music. Because uh, this is sound vibration. And sound vibration is so powerful, it's not polluted by the material atmosphere. So uh, when, you, when you are engaged in, in sound like this, that has its transcendental vibration, it can permeate through atmosphere, through everything, and, and just touch souls. So anyway, this album was made, I listened to my Guruji, and then he said, you make copies, and now you distribute around the world. And finally, Sagatam Krishna went around the world. And people would write back to me, uh, send me emails, and tell me what the album is doing for them. Now, the most amazing story about some Swagatam Krishna that I received by email was a lady from London, a European lady who had no idea about uh, Indian music, and who had never visited India, she received Swagatam Krishna as a gift from a friend, and she had the CD lying on her in, on her kitchen, you know, on the platform. And she wrote to me to say that uh, her pet dog was very sick. 
and she took him to the vet and the vet said that uh, they will not be able to, to treat him and, and the dog would leave its body. So they asked her to take the dog back home and, uh, you know, allow the dog to pass away in the comfort of the environment that he, that he was uh, accustomed to. So she wrote me to say that she brought the dog home and the dog was lying, uh, you know, restless and under the kitchen table. And she did not know what to do. And obviously she was very emotional because she knew her pet dog is going to go any moment. And then she saw the CD and she remembered the CD was given as a gift. And she saw the cover and saw that it is a, a picture of Lord Krishna. And she thought, well, it comes from India, so it must be something holy. So she put the CD into the CD player and thought, if this plays, at least the dog would listen. And, uh, you know, he would pass off listening to spiritual music. And she thought, well, this is the best thing I can do. So she put the CD on and the CD was playing and Swagatam Krishna and all the other tracks, one after the other. And then she said the most amazing thing happened. The dog got up and he went to drink water. And uh, then he looked for food. And uh, she gave him food and he ate some food and then he, he lay down and rested again. And by the evening, she said it's amazing that he was fit as a fiddle. She took him back to the vet and the vet said it's amazing how this dog that was, you know, to, to die, has actually got his strength back, and the dog lived. And uh, that's why she wrote to tell me that you do not know the power in your singing has actually given uh, a spiritual vibration to my dog, and thank you so much that you brought him back to life. And I was completely flabbergasted because I never, you know, I for me it was a simple offering to my Guruji. All I could say that was through the medium of sound, the emotion that I sang with, the crying that I really cried with, that went into the music. And that is present even in the CD. You know, it, 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 the CD may be metal or whatever it's made of, but the music in it is transcendental. So it permeates even the material that the CD is made through. It enters the soul of the listener and can bring about a change in the heart and can do wonderful things. And this CD, I've had people tell me that they've made people in hospital listen to, them, to the CD They've listened when they've gone through depression, and it does something to them. So for me, this is so important because it brought me to the next stage in my life, understanding that there is a part in me that has a purpose here, and uh, that is in my music. But uh, this is, last year, yeah, this is very powerful. Um, and, and to give people an analogy, you know, you can use the same ingredients. And, and one person bakes with love and one person bakes with hate and the finished product tastes totally different. Um, that's what it does. As a matter of fact, you know, as I was listening to your story there, um, it was leading me to reflect at a time when I was dealing with a lot of health issues. And at the time I was working for a company and I was flying mm -hmm. back and forth every week between Arizona and Chicago, Illinois, um, and I was doing some training of some people for a center that they were setting up that was a, a call center type of thing. And um, in that process, I had an Indian woman that was in my training class, and she mm -hmm. was so forward that I knew about her culture, <laughs> where her name came from and everything. And she says, I have to get you a CD of Indian music. And she had okay. her son slice together different things. And um, on the CD, she goes, make sure you listen to this one song frequently because it's for healing. 
And I was, okay. like I said, dealing with very, very severe health issues. And it really, it really helped just because it was about this um, prayer to, you know, to divine energy in there. So it does work. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> does work when you bring these different components together in there. Um, and if you have something to complete on that, I, I'll be happy to let you complete on that. But I also want to move on to um, another song that we have here, too, which um, you're sharing today with us called Maha Mantra. Yes. Uh, the Maha Mantra is a chant. It's the um, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Um, was, uh, is said to be the, the, the king of all mantras. All the mantras that are in the Vedas are contained in this one mantra. And uh, it's said to be the mantra for this age. And, you know, it was spread around the world by Srila Prabhupada, the founder of ISKCON. And uh, my spiritual master is a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, so he taught me to chant this mantra. So I recorded this mantra, and um, of course, you know, uh, I don't know how much you know about mantra chanting, but the word mantra itself means to, to protect or free the mind from, uh, you know, the bondage to this, to this material world. So any any mantra that you chant, whether it is Hare Krishna Maha Mantra or in Buddhism they would chant Om Mani Padme Hum. And uh, so many mantras are there in, in different uh, uh, faiths. But every mantra has that power to, to protect or free the mind. And every mantra, because it is connecting to the spiritual world, it will permeate any, you know, uh, through the atmosphere and give the result. And that is why, like you said, you know, um, that you feel this peace and calm when you hear such mantras. And um, even a child in the womb can receive this vibration. So what you're going to play now is the Maha Mantra, which I also recorded for my Guruji. And, um, yes. This is this is really interesting to hear you say that because the code for mantra directly connects to peace and love and to being superior to trials and difficulties in our life and the material world. So to hear you give that explanation about it kind of separating you from your body um, Again, this is part of why the mantras do have power to them. Mm -hmm. And um, so beautiful share. This is Maha Mantra. And for those that are just tuning in, our guest today is Shashika Marut. You're listening to Code Connection. And we'll be back right after this song, Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare 
uh, lead a particular chant and, and the group would follow. But basically it's the same, uh, the intention is the same. If if we understand that we are, we are just spirit souls in a temporary body, so the aim of Kirtan is the coming together of like-minded uh, people who, who realize that they could be connected in this medium. So uh, when, you, when you chant to pray, whether you're reciting you know, uh, chants from the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran or the Bible or any scripture that's connecting you with, with God, then you are, you are on that level of, of a transcendental vibration. It's that vibration that because all of you have the same purpose, the same goal, to, to, to touch the spiritual world in your kirtan. So the, 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 uh, the ambience becomes so powerful that naturally, uh, you know, there is a verse actually in, in our scriptures. Uh, let me see if I, if I can remember, because it is, okay. It says, Naham Vasami Vaikunt, Yoginam Nacha, Madhvakta Yatra Gayanti, Tatra Tishthami Narada. Uh, Narad Muni um, asked the Lord that, you know, at the be beginning of this age, that, uh, you know, there are four ages, uh, Satyug, Tritayug, Dwaparyug, and Kaliyug. So this is said to be the Kaliyug. And uh, Narad Muni had asked the Lord that in this uh, age, which is the practice that will really help people to, uh, to come to you? And uh, the Lord replied that uh, in this age, I will not be in my abode, nor will I be in the hearts of the yogis. But I'll be there where my devotees are singing my name, you know. So, therefore, in this age, we can understand that firstly, singing his name and, and actually singing. Music plays such an important role that uh, when when... Devotees are really coming together, like-minded devotees, and singing his name. He himself says that I am present there. So this is the power of Kirtan. You know, Kirtan uh, is so powerful that when we are sitting together and invoking him, he's there because he has already said that I'm, I'm not anywhere else. In this age, I'm there with my devotees are singing my name. So music and chanting. And, and that actually you asked a question that was on my... Uh, on my mind to, to present that uh, gradually I bega began to realize that it's not just about music for me, it's about the voice. You know, why, why do I feel this churning within me? Is it only if I would, uh, uh, you know, be always in a concert and doing big things in big shows, or is it just I'm happy with my voice and I should experiment more with my voice? And I discovered that actually when I started reading the history of music, that um, the first, uh, you know, voice plays the most important role. Everything starts from the voice. Because uh, the, the scriptures, the chants that are there, had to be sounded with voice. And any musical instrument that comes after that is actually following the voice. Or if it's, an, if it's a, a, a solo instrumental, the, the, the instrumentalist is actually playing what the voice would sing, you know. So voice is so important, and therefore in Kirtan, uh, we are told, we are taught that, uh, you know, it should come with devotion, the singing should be with devotion. And nowadays you find Kirtan has become so popular because more and more people are realizing 
that we have becoming soaked into this material atmosphere or are we allowing ourselves to bathe into this material atmosphere and absorb so much of sound that we are blocking out the transcendental sound which is deep down in us because the Lord is in our heart. The sound vibration is there. But we can't hear it in the inner ear because we are allowing so many external uh, you know, sounds to per- to pervade and to to block our progress and connection with the spiritual world, which is what kirtan gives you. So, how do we actually block? What is the cause of all this blockage? It's like you know, uh, reading the newspaper, which which carries all the in- information about violence and you know, so many negative things entering our consciousness, watching television, and uh, basically that is again you know drawing you into the, the negativities of life so through kirtan we can cross all these uh, blockages we can remove them and then be able to hear that inner sound that transcendental sound which is there all the time it's not gone it's just that we have blocked it by absorbing the negative sounds which which are there in this material atmosphere so kirtan is very important and kirtan is not necessarily you know just uh, uh, sitting down and chanting one particular mantra. The Maha Mantra is said to contain all the mantras, but any mantra that invokes God, like, you know, uh, in, in, in any faith that you are following, you don't have to convert. You just take the mantra that you know that you are born with and, and sing that mantra, but sing with devotion. It will completely calm you down, no doubt. It is Even the child in the womb can hear that sound and, and, and shift accordingly and bring, you know, uh, at birth. So uh, I hope I'm able to explain, uh, Jeffrey. There's so much to say about Kirtan. It's a book, you know, that will that we can go watch. But uh, it's the experience, actually. One should always take advantage of the experience of of being in a Kirtan to understand what this vibration really does for one. You expressed so many pieces there beautifully, um, which tied in what happens when we join together. Uh, with one single purpose and how much power there can be in that. Uh, you, you mentioned beautifully as well the concept that ties in with uh, where our attention goes uh, is what we're going to experience. Uh, if we focus on the news and the media and all the negative stuff, that's what we're going to experience. But if we stop and take the time to connect with the peace, which is equally there as much, um, then that is what we will experience in life. And the voice being that piece that engages multiple senses for us. Um, and I love how you describe that music mimics the voice uh, because it, it's all got an energy, it's all got a vibration. And, you know, our voice says it through words and music says it through emotions and notes, um, you know, it's a, it's a non-word communication, if we want to say that a lot of times. And when you blend those two together, I think the voice and the music, as you say, that's where it allows us to really connect in that transcendental space, which, you know, when we look at coding for transcendental and that energy, it's really... Um, an energy that can command nations of people. So when, <laughs> when we look at a transcendental mantra like what you're providing, it has the ability for us to 
say, hey, let's stop listening to all this garbage out there and really bring in what's important um, in, in this world. So beautifully expressed. Now, you, you also have a piece to share with us called, um, and, and I hope I get this right, Meet Rase Baharati. Okay, Meet Rase Bhariyori Radha Rani Lage. Okay, it's also a traditional song, and it is more of a teasing song because Radha Rani is the consort of Sri Krishna, and there's always these beautiful exchanges between Radha and Krishna. So uh, Radha Rani would daily go with her friends to the Yamuna River to fill the water in their pots. And make fun of the young, beautiful maidens. So, this is one such song where uh, describing the scene where Radharani is with her friends heading towards the river. And uh, this spiritual exchange, you know, is generally uh, it's a very uh, internal and very confidential, very difficult to understand until one really, you know, gets into the mood of devotion and can, and can talk these topics. But the song, because of traditional feel, it has been very popular. Asked me to sing it. So uh, I, I'm glad that you have chosen the song, Jesse. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so we'll get this on Mitras says Bharati. And um, I just love listening to you talk about your songs. <laughs>
wow, what else do you say? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, there's so much beautiful fire and energy in that and vibrancy in that. Um, that just, how can you not feel alive when you hear something like that? Um, right at the beginning of the song, especially in, in two different pieces of the song, there's a there's something that really brings out the power in something that's vibrant like that, and that's the pauses and the spaces where you just stop and then you pick up again. And I think that sometimes it's those emphasis, whether we talk about it in music or whether we talk about it in life, that just help us really get what's happening. It helps us to really experience the emotion and what it's all about. Thank you so much. I, I want to uh, come to a point which you made in the beginning. Um, uh, before you introduced me, you spoke about, um, you know, a child who, who has a passion for something and for, for uh, I think you spoke something like this, that we should to tap the talent and ensure that, you know, rather than suppressing, did you did you uh, speak something like this in your uh, presentation before this show started? Yes. I, I was mentioning that oftentimes we, we just stomp on or squash out that child's passion and oftentimes dismiss it as just, you know, foolish things to follow when we really need to be honoring that. And I know so many times in the Indian culture, they do tend to honor the gift that the child is born with. And they do tend to honor what the child wants to follow, which is different than in a lot of countries who don't, who say, no, you need to go find a job like this. You need to go to work for a big corporation or things like that. Don't follow that silly passion of music when, you know, you need to make a living. So, yeah. I was mentioning about that. Yeah, uh, I wanted to touch upon that because that was uh, uh, last year. I underwent uh, an immense change, or you know, you, or I would say the next step, you know, the major step in my music journey, because um, all along I was very attracted to devotional music, and so I lent my voice more to spiritual. Uh, to music and you know I felt that this was my my area that I wanted to be in but um, a few years back again I became restless and I thought no I, I really want to do something more and I, I don't know exactly but something is is churning again within me that I'm not satisfied where I am right now in my in my music and so um, this is so important what you mentioned uh, Jesse about uh, you know that we should pursue, even if, of course, sometimes people have, have unfortunately, to, to take up work because of having to support a family. But if they were just, at, you know, also try to keep going with their passion. Because um, I was fortunate in that my parents supported me and, and sent me to India, despite, you know, we, we, we were not the, the wealthiest family. And we, we went through a lot, even while I was staying in India, to support me here. And, uh, but I, I pursued this and towards, you know, as last year came closer into my life, I realized that uh, my music is my connection to him, yes, but it's not necessarily has to be 
the devotional music. It is music in general. In every note of every song that I sing, I can find my connection with him. And uh, that was an important change in me because, um, and I'm glad that it happened at this point of my life, because um, I then decided that in order to discover more about this, I needed to now go into my space and, and look further within me, you know, because, uh, you know, there is a saying, there is a verse in Bhagavad Gita that uh, if your happiness is within, one whose happiness is within, then you are, you can rejoice within, but, you know, you won't be able to appreciate the happiness coming from out if you are not happy within. So here I was having people appreciating my singing and praising and complimenting me and requesting so many uh, different songs from me, but yet I was still not happy that something is still incomplete within me. So I went into what you can say uh, deep soul searching, as you would say, and uh, when I went deep within Jesse, I discovered that so many jewels lie within, remaining undiscovered or you know, untapped because we uh, because we never were motivated to look deep within, or maybe because we're so caught up in this world of you know satisfying the basic needs that we never look into this really. But when I went deep down within, I realized that there is a Shashika who has her own voice. And uh, this voice obviously comes from him, and it has come with a purpose. And that I realized that, you know, it was not that I was sent here to just sing devotional songs and make people happy. It would be any song that I sing, because the emotion lay in my voice. My voice is the, the instrument, you know. And like I said earlier, I, I, when I learned that the voice is the first uh, instrument in this world, actually, that comes uh, through the scriptures, and um, the singing voice is the basic, the basis of music. And after, uh, you know, whatever I read, whatever I had learned, after putting all that information together, I realized that my voice plays such an important role. And... Um, one sentence that really changed everything that I read in a book, you know, it said uh, that uh, the seed of music, and, I, you know, this is also on my website, the seed of music lies in the human voice itself. And that a music tone, when it is correctly expressed on its pitch uh, and in its proper quality, then it's a manifestation of the supreme soul. And uh, I may and therefore that I want to perfect myself in, in you know, my tonal quality. And uh, I would experiment with my voice and make sure that I bring this out. And, and in, through this voice, I will touch souls, you know, and in any song I sing. So the challenge came to me now to sing any song and, and be able to touch people. And so I then decided that I would like to now record an album of romantic songs. And uh, which is typical of, uh, you know, our culture that before embarking on any project, we seek blessings from the Lord. So I went to Brindavan to, to, to the temple to seek blessings. And there I had the realization from Lord Krishna that you've been singing about me all these years. But uh, there is a little girl also that used to sit in the mosque. And, and, one, and you know, when she was six years old and, and loved this atmosphere. So now I want you to go to Ajmer and have blessings from there. Now Ajmer is, you know, a very holy place in, in Rajasthan, uh, Jesse, which uh, Khwaja, uh, Hazrat Khwaja Mohiruddin Hasenji 
popularly known as commonly known as Hazrat Khwaja Garib Nawaz. His shrine is there in Ajmer, and uh, many people, you know, this is such a beautiful story about how he came from Iran and and how beautiful Sufi movement is. And his shrine is there, and I felt that Lord Krishna was saying that you have to go there and, and take lessons from there. And I did go there, and when I went there, um, I got the realization that I have to go to sing a song about this, uh, you know, uh, beautiful place and about Allah Himself. And from there came the song Manzil Tuhi, which you started your show off with. You know, you started your show with the song Manzil Tuhi. And I was really surprised mm -hmm. because I never told you to start your show with this song, but you chose a song that really uh, is was the change in the music in me, which happened last year. I'm very fortunate to have met a very good uh, friend in composer Rajiv Mahavir, who also wrote this song for me after I told him that I need to have a song glorifying, uh, you know, uh, Ajmer and this beautiful shrine. And uh, so this song was composed and, and it was released at the end of last year and it has become very popular. And this song has become for me the turning point that it brought together the, the Shashika that sang at the age of seven at the, at the birth of Krishna, but also has this wonderful feeling about music as connecting all faiths together. And last year I realized that that is what I am about. I'm about the voice that can bring all faiths together and, and through music, and that is what I want to do. And and having co you know composed the song and then given it to the world, then I embarked on my romantic album, uh, which is almost complete, and which Rajiv and I are very excited to to offer to the world again. And in these songs also, you will find that uh, they they somehow we have understood that the songs are coming from there, the tunes are coming from there, the lyrics are coming from there to the lyricist, to the composer. And then uh, to me, to my voice, and it's unfolding in all its beauty, uh, you know, for our album. And I'm 100% sure that when it's released and given to the world, people will understand uh, when I say that uh, he gives you so much. He gives you jewels that are deep down within you. But you have to connect by cutting off from the world, going into your silent space and finding yourself in there, what you have come to do and finding those jewels. And then shining in all in all your glory because you have found yourself, you know. So I, each and every person here comes into this world with something. If he's a perfect creator, he will not create incomplete beings. He has given every one of us jewels, and we have to tap that and 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 you know make this world the place that is. Yeah. Yes, yes. I want I want to jump in here because we're we're limited on time. And I want to make sure we get some samples in here. Yeah. Um, you bring up a great point that, you know, it's not always just about the prayer or the devotion, but we're honoring um, through bringing joy and love and these, these various emotions into the world, uh, which you experienced back at your teacher and then again with the shift that you've been going through. Uh, we have a song yeah. called Shaya Govend, Jaya Gopal, and... That has a more romantic kind of overtone in a way. It's a little slower. It's a little, um, you know, when I thought about it, because you have somebody that has joined you on this song, and I want to get you in, and then we have just a, a brief moment when we come back from that to get our closing song <laughs> in for you. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Yes. But uh, Jaya Gopam, Jaya Gopal. Jaya Okay. We're kind of winding down to the last couple of minutes here. And um, if 
our ending song cuts off for you because you're listening live, you will be able to hear it in the archived version. So I just want to let you know that right up front. And also you can check out Shashika's music through her website. Uh, find out more about her at shashikamariz.com. That's S-H-A-S-H-I-K-A. M-O-O-R-U-T-H.com. And I really wanted to get that, that song in, Shazika, because it's such a variety from what we played earlier in the show. And yeah. I just feel such a beautiful, gentle energy on that that is just so emotionally connected. And and we're down to just a couple of minutes, so I want to make sure I say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here and bringing your new energy in, bringing the work you're doing in, but for also initiating new energy with me in this time of year. And we have one more song we're going to get in at the end of the show here. So I'd like you to share a little bit about that song so people know what it's about um, before we close out here, and that would be um, Sham Thunder. Yes, Sham Sundar uh, is a song uh, describing waking up Lord Krishna in the morning, that his friends are waiting eagerly for him to, to bath and come to play. So that's the meaning of the song, but the beauty of this song for me is that many years ago, I was told by a priest in a temple that Lord Krishna's flute sound is in my voice. And when I recorded the song in the studio, uh, I start off the song by humming, but the first four seconds of the song at the very beginning, the very first four seconds, you will think a flute is playing, but actually it's my voice humming. And, uh, and that's when I realized what the priest had told me, that yes, in my voice lies the sound of Krishna's flute. It's a special blessing, and so I want to share this voice with the rest of the world. I also want to thank you for having me here. It's been wonderful. I wish you well with your show and, and all the wonderful things you are doing. And thanks to all that have uh, come online to listen to this interview, and I hope to meet all of you one day and really uh, share more about your music. And, uh, thank you, Jesse. Well, thank you. And, and it's such a gift to have you here, and I could probably go on for hours with you because I know you have so much to share <laughs> about <laughs> what you're doing. And, you know, if I had that time, I would run it. Unfortunately, the system doesn't let me keep running forever. <laughs> here. Um, but it's such a beautiful gift, and I'm so um, blessed to have you sharing this work. And, that, and that's why I do encourage people to definitely go to your website, Shashika Maruz. Um, it's at the bottom of our show description there that you can just click, click on the link and get there and explore more and connect with you more. And get some of your music because it is truly moving and inspiring. I want to say next week we will have Karen Nitz on the show, and she's going to be sharing her work in NLP or Neuro Linguistic Programming and how that can be used to help us change our patterns and change out of the challenges. She also, she, uh, I'm, I'm trying to twist it now, she also does some other work with family patterns and programming that we're going to be delving into as well. Um, definitely, I just want to remind you that August special uh, deal that I have running right now is if you register for my Autumn Equinox weekend events, which will be in the Sioux Falls area, you'll receive a free set of my Activating Compassion books. And also, one day only, which is today, 
um, August 8, 2015, uh, in honor of the Peace Portal and the new energy that we're heralding then right now universally, you can go um, to my blog page, which is getyourblisson.tumblr.com, and it will have the information on there and a post for you um, how to get the ebook versions absolutely free, and that is just today, one day only. Don't forget we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Um, some of our people have been doing some things over the, the summer, and we have a lot of people coming back in with new shows as well, so watch for that. Consistently, we do have Susan Weed on the show, who uh, is on Tuesday nights with Herbs and Natural Plants, sharing her expertise there. Wednesdays is our flagship show. Um, and certainly, we just had um, a big guest on there, so you can catch that in the archives as well. And um, and then, of course, Darren Bucera, who's a reader at Madame Lulo in New Orleans, uh, oftentimes comes on with spiritual insights following the flagship show on Wednesday night. So you can check all of those out. This is Jesse Ann Nicholas George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thank you to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk, but those streaming live through Penn, known as Parent Encounters Network. Streamfinder, TalkStream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, as well as those that are catching the YouTube version of the show. I look, look forward to seeing you back here next week as we go more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm leaving you today with a song by our guest, um, Shashika Moriz, and the song is Sham Sham. Thunder. I'm going to get that right. <laughs> Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week.
Thank you.